Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome in to episode 23 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack, brother? What's going on? Um, absolutely nothing, PT. I mean, it's been one of them weeks. It's I don't know whether or not it's fast or slow. Did anything this week? It's just neither weekend. It is indeed the weekend, and nice to have you if you're listening to it early, or if it's the weekday and you're listening to it during the week, we appreciate that as well, but sort of likewise, it was one of those where it didn't feel like the week dragged on, so that's always good, so it probably moved at a regular pace, which is always a pleasure to have, so yeah, I think is a nice little week here, obviously, again, because this is the episode just before Halloween, starting to cool down. We're into fall again, proper, getting ready for spooky season, and yeah, some nice wrestling too. Really good wrestling, actually, this week, so. Yeah. I mean, the amount, the amount of times I've heard this is Halloween from, you know, the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, this week has probably skewed my, uh, uh, has skewed my entire timeline of the week, um, because that has been on constantly uh, this week, so. Maybe that is kind of why I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's um, Wednesday, right? No, it's Thursday. No, it's Friday, right? No, it's Saturday. Cool. I have no idea. It's just it's always Halloween this week. I always like this kind of, again, kind of year because it's starting to, it's not hot in the summer. It's not like cold in the winter. It's that sort of, you know, fall, right? Sort of that Goldilocks section. You get a... um. You had a jumper or a hoodie, and you just kind of just relax, and you know it's kind of it's kind of nice. Don't don't get me wrong; it is preferable to the first of November, which, as we all know, is the official cutoff date for the sanctions on Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You" to start officially being played out in the open forever. There are places, I've gone and ran errands that are already playing Christmas music, and I'm like, Halloween hasn't passed yet, come on. Yeah, oh, same here. Like, my local store has it has Christmas music blaring already, and they still have the Halloween stuff out. But when they put the Halloween stuff out, they took it down a couple of days ago and still had the Christmas stuff that they put up at the same time as the Halloween stuff. I'm like, boys and girls, sort of like, like, pick a holiday. Well, the world at large may be a little confused as to what's going on in terms of their preferences for holidays, but the wrestling world was firing on some cylinders this week, and we had some good shows like we did in the previous week, and we are interested in talking about a few things that you'll see later on in the show, and yeah, we'll, um, we'll kick enjoying all of what's going on right now. Oh yeah, like some of the stuff that was going on this week was genuinely a good week of wrestling. I know before I've mentioned like nothing happened this week in the world of wrestling, or it was tough to watch, or you know things like that. There, but um, it's really good whenever you just kind of watch the wrestling and go, "It was a good week. There's some decent stuff on. There's very little to complain about, or wish that it went the other way, or things like this here." There's just some stuff that I'm like, oh yeah, there's uh there's pay-per-views coming up that's gonna give me some payoff here. This is gonna be good. Yeah, definitely for sure. So 
upcoming, I believe, is the Crown Jewel in about another week's time or so. And shortly thereafter, I think two weeks after that, is the AEW uh, Full Gear. So we've got some shows to look forward to in the more closer future. So that should be really, really good to see how the buildups for those show continue to be. All right, and before we jump into the show as proper as well, thank you so much, folks, again, for your continued support over on the video portion on the YouTube. Thank you so much for all those views and the continued subscriptions. Thank you so much. And for the continued support on the audio form as well for all the downloads and the listens. Thank you very, very much. Definitely a big thank you. All right, as a reminder, you can find us in a video form at youtube.com slash Council and in audio form at where we get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at the latest updates from the investigation into Brawl Out. So, coming up. The aforementioned updates from the investigation into All Out. So if you're curious as to an in-depth look on the post-match show of the media scrum and all the things that entailed and to the ongoings that happened after the pay-per-view for All Out, feel free to check out episode 17 for an in-depth summation of all those events. Here we've just had some updates and some things sort of pan out. So we're going to just go ahead and talk about those things. So the first sort of and the latest update into the investigation now was the Larry the Dog incident. As folks that are familiar, again, after CM Punk in the media scrum said his remarks. And again, you can check out episode 17 for the quotes and all the in-depth analysis on that. We had a lot to say about that. Oh, for sure he did. And then he ended up going back to his uh, locker room, his dressing room, and then obviously the confrontation, I'll choose that word specifically, uh, with the Elite and Kenny Omega type of thing. But the latest sort of news to come out now more recently is that uh, Larry the dog, CM Punk's dog, uh, was injured in the fracas. So I have here... Uh, Dave Meltzer reported in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the news about Punk's dog being hurt in the brawl didn't come out until this week. Quote, a completely made-up story, one person in AEW said. Quote, he, referring to Punk, losing in the investigation results and is desperate. There was a multiple weeks-long investigation, and this was oddly not discovered. It's insane that people would even humor this. One person who was in the room after the incident began noted that the dog story wasn't true. That person said, quote, The dog story is a complete lie. When the altercation was happening, Punk was a total psycho and could have cared less about the dog. Kenny picked the dog up to save him from being hurt and gave him to Omega. Mega was holding the dog, screaming at Punk to stop. Punk didn't even register that his baby was being held by a stranger in the middle of the fight. It didn't stop him one bit. The person said they saw everything that happened and said, quote, they never spoke to Lucy Guy, the only person in the room who didn't work regularly for AEW other than the security. 
and Ace Steele's wife. Cause she was non, she was a non-factor. Sat in the corner the whole time as her husband was throwing chairs, punches, and biting Kenny. So, with that said, the Larry the Dog incident again. We, much like in our reference to in our discussion in episode seventeen, Joker and I are not specifically choosing sides. We're not in one camp versus the other. But I will say that the all out was the beginning of September. It was the first Sunday in September. So we are the guts of roughly two months post All Out. And all I have to say is that if something specific like that, now I've had animals in the past, I have animals now, you love and care for your animals, they're very near and dear to your heart. If an animal of yours got injured, that would sort of be within the story, and that would sort of get people riled up, you specifically as an owner of an animal, to then want to defend. And that makes perfect sense. Most humans would agree, for sure. But where I'm going with is, is in the guts of the two months, for this to only be brought up now seems a little weird with the timing is all I'm going for. Joker, what are your thoughts on this, brother? Yeah, so if you're watching the video format, obviously I was just kind of swinging back and forth in my chair, kind of going, ooh, this is sort of, this is rough. That's why I was doing that. I was just like, hmm, there's a reason people call their cats, their dogs, their fur babies. Like, people call themselves cat moms, cat dads, dog dads, dog moms, things like this here. People love their pets. I have no pets. My mom has a dog that she absolutely adores. In fact, me being her eldest son, I am third in the ranking of children behind the dog and my younger brother. So there we have it. You know, the dog is number one in her heart. If anything happened to that dog, she would be beside herself. And yes, it would be the first thing on her mind. Anything was to happen. Is the dog okay? Like, this is just the way that people are wired. Uh, and some people, you know, are definitely animal lovers uh, and will forever profess that we as a human race don't deserve dogs. You know, I've heard that argument because dogs are so loyal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so the fact that months, like you said, the guts of two months later, um, we hear this completely fabricated story that is being professed by Punk weeks after his initial uh, arguments are out. Um, it, it's just, it's not a good look. It is really not a good look to use your pet to garner sympathy. Um, especially when you're the one who's being painted in a bad light, because everybody's going to legitimately look at that and be like, oh, poor dog. You know, there's, there's not, there's not a, whenever I immediately heard the story, me not being a pet guy, uh, I immediately went, oh dear. And then I went, wait. And then I went and dug into it and, you know, and found out all the information. My, my gut reaction was, what have the elite done? You know, you don't hurt. Pets, like you just don't do it. Um, 
so it's one of those things that you're like okay cool uh why is he fabricating this like why is he trying to you know punk is only now realizing he is burning all his goodwill with fans and people are starting to be a little bit um done with him at least for this return it's just like i i think you've done enough now you've maybe burnt a bridge too many um and you need to kindly go away yeah it's a tough spot for sure makes me think since we're in the swing of halloween though your comment made me think of things like in in a film or a television show folks get sort of up in arms like if the antagonist or the villain would go after an animal or a child or something like that. That's like the ultimate, like everyone's in agreement. That's the no, no, you're an ultimate bad guy type of thing for sure. So if an animal was harmed per se, then that automatically paints the, the people who did that or was the cause of that in the bad light hundred percent. So I get from an idea of trying to garner sympathy and it almost to your point, makes it like a, a sort of a wrestling storyline. It's like you're trying to you're trying to get that heat onto those people. Like, oh, those are the bad guys. You should boo them, type of thing. You should be on my side, type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's super weird. I guess the the nature of the timing of it is is per se is sort of the driving point. It's again, we know for sure at this moment in time of recording that a steel Chris guy was released he was let go from the company so currently again at the time of recording we have the members of the elite are still on sort of suspension and cm punk is injured sort of away from the business those uh, of those folks they have not been on tv since the incident again but where i'm going with that is if this was indeed true and i'm not saying it's not i'm not saying it isn't but if this came to light again early, because that's maybe what the story was, then I don't see a way that the elite would be sort of anywhere potentially close to return or, or in good graces if they indeed did anything at all to harm a dog. That's that's just kind of where my thought my thoughts went. I completely agree. Um, if this was, uh, let's 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 say for a moment that this is this is true. Uh, and that Larry the dog was injured by the actions of the first person at the door to kick in. Because I think that at this point, everybody has been made aware that the elite, um, which is the Young Bucks and Kenny, uh, burst their way into Punk's locker room. Um, we are still laboring under that information, not knowing whether or not that is true, but that is what we are 100% dealing with without any other uh, facts in front of us. So whenever you have that, you can sort of paint the picture that there is a part of, uh, there is a part of this to be true, and that person who kicked in the door first would be responsible. Uh, whoever that was would then obviously become the, uh, the big bad, the villain, the number one guy that we're going to be pinning all this on. So... I can't see a world where whoever that was would be coming back without some form of um, apology, recompense. Um, but I mean, do do we, as collect uh, collectively as fans, 
are we disgusted by the lie that has been made? Like, if if it comes out that it's if it's what are we more disgusted by? Rather, the fact that the dog was injured, possibly, or the fact that someone was willing to lie about their dog being injured. Like, who who comes out of that as the bigger villain? Super interesting. I think we're always going to side with an animal. Like, if an animal is hurt, we're, I think that's our sort of human instinct to want to protect and want to, to help. So I think that if we hear about an injured animal, we're going we're gonna to have that sort of reaction. That notwithstanding. Mm. It's, it's tough, man. I think. Because the animal's being exploited here. Like, technically, it's being exploited for, for sympathy. And in my world, yeah, of course, I'm I'm pissed that somebody kicked the door and the dog got hit in the face. Like, dude, what the heck is wrong with you? But equally, I'm like, why are you using your dog to farm sympathy, you absolute sociopath? I mean, we went back to a discussion we had last week, man. Wrestling is a carny business, and that's a very carny move for sure. So mm. I don't have... I don't know what the right answer is, but I, I, it's one of those you kind of shake your head and it's just, it doesn't seem good, but I think we're probably in agreement that we feel for the dog if it was indeed hurt. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right, so that was super interesting, the timing of the, that news coming out sort of late in the investigation, or at least the, the disclosure of that information came out sort of uh, late in the investigation to the public per se. Yeah, I feel like the investigation is generally being regarded as wrapping up, uh, if not already finished, and the uh, the results of that are then going to be given to TK and the uh, the management. Um, so whether or not, yes, that was leaked outside of the information that was already garnered, um, it it does seem to be that. It was very. It was almost too late uh, to be true um, for some people, especially myself. I'm just kind of sat here going, "Please confirm or deny this is important information." Whether or not you want to want to think it is, this is actually important character information. Um, so please, please sort that out. Um, and obviously, even though you've seen pictures of Larry the dog, he has this. Uh, he has these these two wee little snaggle teeth. I just looking at him, I was just giggling away to myself, just. He's he's a cute but ugly little dog. You know that kind of like he's so ugly he's cute. Um yeah, I was just like don't don't hurt him. He's a tiny little thing. A door slam in that man's face. Come on. Yeah, 100%. So it seems indeed that the investigation appears to be winding down and I'm in agreement with you that sort of the uh, court of public opinion when the lack of information or the timing of certain information begs the question of uh, who is potentially at fault or it makes, makes us wonder. So it's a tough pill to swallow in terms of folks on either side, but the follow-up is potentially interesting as we might be ending up seeing the return of the elite, again, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, is a possible return. I have a quote here. Uh, the Bucks, Omega, and Don Callis were all brought to the 
October 26th Dynamite taping in Norfolk, Virginia. They were at the show, but not but did not appear on television. Early in the show, a video package aired showing a clip of the midnight Japanese time of the night on December 31st, 2018, when the Bucks and Adam Page released the BTE episode announcing the birth of AEW. First public disclosure of the company was being formed. A press conference in Jacksonville from a week later, as well as clips of the Bucks and Kenny Omega's title wins. A quick clip would air followed by graphics they where they would dis- then disappear, excuse me. Basically telling the story they were the ones there from the start and had disappeared. The announcers never spoke about it or acknowledged it. So we have the airing of said vignette, again of them appearing and then sort of Thanos vanishing, disappearing into sand per se. Very interesting vignette to show. Again, it it circumvented around them being mentioned by the announcers, but it did indeed show Matt and Nick Jackson as well as Kenny Omega. So we don't know exactly what it means, but I think there's hope for the future. Oh, I mean, yeah. I want. I want to be. I want to be optimistic here. Okay, I want to be optimistic. We had Kenny Omega back for roughly three weeks, and now he's gone again. Uh, we had the Bucks in a nice little storyline again. They were relevant once more because obviously, whenever they lose the championships, they kind of do a couple of do a couple of side missions and then go off to do the wheeling and dealing and make new sneakers. Um, so whenever I saw this, I was kind of, you know, side, you know, head cocked to the side, going. What does this mean? Um, there's obviously the knee-jerk reaction of is this a sort of slight um acknowledgement that the, the bucks are gone, like the you know, Kenny and the Bucks are gone. Uh, but I think that's that's a little bit too aggressive, um, if you're to think like that, because why would a company uh advertise Three of your biggest stars and your uh, OG three. Uh, let's just call them part of the OG. You know, they're, they're, they're three of the OGs that uh, begin began this company called All Elite Wrestling for a reason. Um, so why would you advertise three of your guys getting dusted like that? Thanos snapped out of existence, fired in uh, in air quotes, if you will. Um, I, I feel like this is more to the side of. We recognize that you need information. They're they're out out of the company right now, but wait until they return. Like, what is what is most notable about this uh, is the fact that we got the Ace Steel information regarding his release. Then we got nothing else. Then we got rumors that. AW and management were looking to do um uh we're looking to do the punk bio, which we'll talk about in a bit. And then this vignette to come with no mention on AW television of Punk. There was no similar vignette of Punk, you know, his arrival, you know, wherever whenever he came down to to the raucous 10 minutes of applause. 
Uh, there wasn't him being dusted out. There wasn't his first win, you know, any of that there. Um, so this leads me to believe that, yeah, they're acknowledging the fact that, like you said, that uh, they were the original guys and they, uh, they've been missing in action, as it were. But they will return because, you know, everybody got everybody that Thanos snapped away was returned. That's a very interesting point as well, and I'm in agreement that if they were going to be let go, if they were not coming back, you wouldn't show a vignette per se. So I do have hope for the future, and with the news of them sort of potentially resuming a bit of their backstage behind the curtain piece, or at least being able to go to TV and be, and be around the talent, makes me believe that they will then subsequently come back. And obviously before this particular vignette aired, we did finally have acknowledgement on the announcers, I believe during the last trio's championship match, which may have been against the best friends, the Death, Death Triangle was mentioned that they uh, were champions, but the elite were previous champions before, so they at least were acknowledged on television. And to that other end during the sort of Chris Jericho's reign now as Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, we had a vignette air which featured and showed footage from Ring of Honor of previous champions, of which Cody appeared in the vignette. So it was still nice to, you know, just acknowledge that he was part of the, the history of both Ring of Honor and AEW, as well as Punk was shown in there. So they may not have potentially said his name, but again, it's just recognizing like, hey, this guy was, was just still part of history uh, of the business type of thing. So acknowledgement, yes, but leaning more towards the, the vignette. The only thing I have to say is, yeah, I'll agree that they maybe not here at the moment, but to that point, that sort of Marvel point that you made, they might come back from being sand and they might come back into existence. So, Yeah, and this is the thing, like none of the guys have done anything that deserves them being obliterated from the history of the company. There's only ever been one person to my knowledge that has really warranted that so it's 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 a case of these guys will be mentioned eventually but i think that the less said about them while the investigation is going on is more to that to the point of aew so whenever you have that sort of thing going on we'll probably in the next coming weeks have more references to the elite because they didn't probably want to draw those questions in from Twitter and Instagram and things like that there, where, oh, you mentioned the elite, you mentioned CM Punk, it's like, what's going on with the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, I think that's probably more their headspace with not bringing that up, um, which is why we have started to see a little bit of more relaxed attitude with, uh, with their names, with uh, references to them, which... Honestly, is good to see because this, like you said, got to two months uh, for this investigation. Um, I'm hopeful that we're going to see a resolution and uh, hopeful that we will um, be able to put it all behind us. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that. I'll make note that, again, we don't have public information about what, if the investigation is officially over, things of that nature. But usually when things are being investigated, 
by a third party if there's potentially like if there's litigation like a court case not saying that there is any legal pieces here but usually folks can't discuss what's going on during investigation they can't sort of speak you know publicly in a sense i'm not saying that i know and this is not this is only speculation but there could be things like nda like hey we just can't talk about stuff so hence why oh, and 100 percent ndas are involved like definitely um definitely those are involved with with everything going on mike yeah so again that's maybe as to why the there hasn't been a sort of press release or anything like that stated outwardly now Another piece that we found out as well is Chris Jericho ended up making some comments actually the night of All Out 2022 to Punk. So we have here, according to a report from Fightful, Chris Jericho came face-to-face with CM Punk immediately following the All Out 2022 backstage fight and lambasted him. Jericho was praised for his resolve and demeanor for stepping up to the plate and participating in the media scrum right after the fight took place. Multiple sources say The Wizard approached CM Punk following his media scrum comments and the fight, telling him that he was, quote, a cancer to the locker room and a detriment to the company. While CM Punk's exact verbatim is unknown, he basically told Jericho to keep it moving as it wasn't any of his business. Just moments after this exchange, Jericho appeared at the media scrum and kept an extremely calm demeanor after already knowing what had just taken place backstage. In the days following the fight and the media scrum, Jericho led a talent meeting with the entire AEW roster. So, we have Jericho here, again speaking his mind. This isn't the first time that Jericho has just let his thoughts be known to another member of his locker room directly, as well as sort of a top guy too. I recall very fondly after the, I believe it was a SummerSlam match between Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton, and Brock hit him with some elbows and then opened up Randy the hard way. I've heard multiple stories of how Chris just came right up to Brock and he was like, what is this? What's going on? Did you, did you shoot on him? This, that, and a third, you know, and just confronted him again, more than leaning towards Randy being a friend of his and just wanting to know like, Hey, what's going on to which management stepped in and said, Hey, it's, it's, it's a work. This was planned type of thing. So again, this isn't sort of a out of the realm of possibility or out of random this is sort of jericho again stepping into that sort of elder statesman of the locker room and like trying to kind of say his piece about things that he just doesn't feel maybe is sort of the right move or the right thing again out of uh, respect for the young guys and again his position as a veteran in the business type of thing so what were your what were your thoughts on when you heard about Chris's comments? I mean, well, to your point there, like he he is an elder statesman of the locker room. He he and Daniel uh, Ryan Danielson and um, John, and, uh, Moxley. John Moxley have been seen as the three. You know, everybody's going to be sick of hearing these uh, sick of hearing this thing. But you know, they're they're the three locker room leaders, as it were. They've st- they've stood up. They've you know sort of come into this position um, by 
virtue of performance uh, by the strength of character that they've shown and just by uh, being in the position that they are. Um, so whenever you hear uh, someone like Chris Jericho uh, having words with anyone, you know it's a case of he's not doing it to be uh, to be sort of debug esque, he's not trying to be uh, um, you know antagonistic or or anything like this. Here, he is coming to the end of his career. I, I've 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 always I've wondered since he signed with AW how he was going to end his career. Um, and obviously, recently he has signed an extension to his contract through twenty twenty five for a buttload of money. And the man deserves it. Le Champion, uh, you know, the demo god, the magician, or the sorry, the wizard, not the magician. He is not Gandalf, um, or uh, Dumbledore, whoever your favorite magician is. Uh, you know, he is a sports entertainer. He is annoying as heck uh, with some of his characters and some of some of the stories he has done recently in AW have gone long in the tooth. We have said this before. But I love Chris Jericho's uh, entertainment side. His, you know, his his sort of love for the business is evident through what he does, through bringing people in in his sphere of influence, uh, giving them a shot, giving them time to shine. Uh, we have st stated before that some people have benefited more from that than others. Um, and since his return, CM Punk has had so many detractors um it's one of those things that you look at the individual and you go oh my goodness it's great we haven't had punk back in years uh because his last foray was obviously with the wwe then he quit then he went to um he went to the mma world for ufc etc 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 so he did all that cool very good well done now he's back in the world which Jericho never left. Jericho has been a part of this world since he was like 16, 17, maybe younger than that. Um, and this man see probably this is this is all you know hearsay, this is conjecture on my point, sees uh CM Punk coming back into the world that he has loved for you know a lot of years. Um and see, sees him acting out and sees him trying to force uh, uh, force open issues, like he's trying to force open wounds publicly instead of trying to you know sort things out between the locker room. Like there, there's no wrestler's court here. There's no need for you to to sort of find an issue and tell the world about it. We don't need you to sort of be some made-up whistleblower. We need you to come to us and say, we have a problem with the way this guy's acting. You don't just air your dirty laundry on TV because that does not make us look good. And we are, we are, we are people who have been placed the forefront of this company. And that means you as well, meaning, meaning punk. This is, you know, the argument can be made that Jericho was not only looking out for himself but for Punk as well by saying, "Like, what are you doing? What are you? What are these comments? You're not hurting 
AEW. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting me. You're hurting Moxley. You're hurting all these big names who are seen as the faces of this fledgling company because let's face it, they're still three and a bit years old. Like, what, 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 you said you came here because you loved the way they handled the passing of Mr. Brody Lee. You, you said that you, you, you loved the company that took the time and the respect that the man deserved. And now you want to stand up on a, on a stage in a media scrum and badmouth that same company because what? You're too big to go and talk to some people you have an issue with? What are you, five? My guy, you're an adult. Go and talk to them like an adult. And, you know, I don't blame Jericho. I 100% am on board with Jericho. Maybe wouldn't have used the terminology that he used, but, you know, that's for him to be using, not me. I honestly, the message that he conveyed, I agreed with it. 100% wholeheartedly, I agreed with uh, him not being right for the AEW locker room. Honestly, the motivations for Punk coming back or Punk's motivations, I don't know what they are. I don't care to know what they were. Um, so, you know, whatever, dude. But right now, all I know is you're a detriment. And, you know, I will be the first in line, if I'm allowed to be, to say good riddance. If you're, if you're going to act like that, anyone, this is not just Punk, anyone, who would rather air their dirty laundry instead of going and talking talking to the person, you know, in that business and try and make the business look bad? Deserves deserves that. They deserve to be talked to like that by their peers. I'm in agreement with pretty much everything that you said. In terms of Chris Jericho, their move past whether you like or dislike his on-screen character, or him in personal life. I think him being a veteran in this business and in the locker room, stepping up just to appear and just saying in so many words, like you speaking his mind and saying again with the verbiage, like you're just, what are you doing? You're not good for this locker room based on what you did. Understand. And I can, and I can agree, but the, just the way that again, kind of, Punk's divisive comments and and sort of again you can circle back to episode 17 for a more in-depth piece but he sort of did it relatively unprompted and just went off and just let whatever his personal feelings personal or business feelings about people and folks just out in the open for the world to see I'm in agreement just it's not good looks it it says more about the individual saying those things than maybe more so about what the context of what those words were. So, yeah, I think it's one of those where Jericho just, in so many ways, just like, what are you doing? This is not good looks for you. It's not good looks for our locker room. It's not good looks for the company if you're just out in the open airing your grievances. Yeah, so... I don't have really much more to say. Yeah, I, I think that um, Jericho really said it all. And I agree. And kudos again for just appreciate the 
leadership of the Chris Jericho's, the Brian Danielsons, and the John Moxies, again, by many accounts, them just stepping up and being a resource and kind of filling a little bit of a leadership gap in the absence of the EVPs and a few other folks. But yeah, just says more about their character as people then, because again, maybe they, I'm not saying I know anybody's contract or anything, but you know, it's not explicitly, you have to be a leader, you have to be, you know, call meetings and stuff like that. It was probably them like, you know, we just, we just want to talk to, talk to the crew and let them know, you know, we have their backs type of thing. And so I pre, you know, it makes, makes them look like solid signings and, and amazing people to have, to be your teammate, to be your coworker, to be your veteran presence in the locker room. Oh yeah, 100%. All right, another piece we have here is a report of a anonymous member of the AEW locker room just flat out saying they don't want to work with Punk. We have the piece here in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Dave Meltzer reported that, quote, many if not most of the key top names were saying they wouldn't work with him, referring to CM Punk. A top star said that, quote, Punk won't be back. His value on screen isn't 1% worth the hassle and black cloud he causes backstage. Another wrestler noted, quote, Regardless of some being willing to work with him, the collective decided that he was voted off the island. We have a top star and just another member of the locker room just saying, you know what? Too much, too much noise being being kind of carried with this person, like sort of just not being worth it. At the end of the day, if folks don't want to work with you or are unwilling to work with you in a business sense, you can't make money, you can't make money for yourself or the other person or for the company or for this business, it's not good looks, dude, and it's not good. Mm-mm-mm. Really is not. I'm glad they went with calling me a top star whenever I gave that quote, and I'm really thankful that they did that for me. Thank you, boys. Um, jokes aside, uh, the fact that you have people who are lining up to say, nah, bro, I don't want to work with you. I don't care what kind of rub you think you can give me. All it will do is give me CM Punk stink. So please, no, keep it away from me because there's there's not enough there's not enough uh, body spray to take that stink off me right now, and I don't want any of it. Um, fair play to those people. Like, yeah, sure, 100% uh, be anonymous because um, I think an awful lot of fans would uh, criticize people saying, well, why wouldn't you want to work? Because like I just said, the rub. Like, obviously, CM Punk, big star, big name, would give quite a rub to some people. That's why he was wanting to work with the Darby Allens, uh, et cetera, et cetera, of the locker room before he he noted that he works with effing children. Um so I mean it's one of those things that I don't I don't blame them. Uh I completely agree with the fact that he was saying, you know, this this company did their first million dollar draw with me, you know, in the main event. It's like, yeah, but punk, no no harm to you, bud. I would still rather hear Boom Boom Colt Cabana's theme song than yours hit the hit the stage. Um, you know, that's just me though. You know, I, I would rather have him on my screens than CM Punk because uh, you know for a fact he is going to enhance talent. He is going to work his butt off and he is going to put on a great show and not care about a million-dollar draw 
And it's not because oh he can't do a million dollar draw, Joker. That's why but that's why he wouldn't care about it. It's like, no, my guys, if punk comes on my screen, I'm literally turning it off. Like, legitimately. I have I do not watch a show because punk is on there. I watch it because AEW has some of the best talent. It has the acclaimed, it has well, Todd Wardlow, but then you know, Wardlow is kind of in a bit of a miasma right now. It has um <laughs> it has daddy ass you know i have to I have to throw him in there as well it has john moxley brian danielson wheeler yuda it has jericho it has daniel garcia it has jade it has Britt baker you know it has tony storm some amazing talent that i would love to watch in some super good matches i was never a, a fan of punk so if he's on the screen i really don't care who he's on there with because the other person is probably the better wrestler and the better person. Yeah, honestly, we have wrestling is one of those businesses where you have a lot of egos. You have a lot of me, 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 me. I need to be the center of attention type of thing. So if you have folks that is in a match, you need the two people and you need that ref in the ring. So it's a collaborative effort. But if you have people just not wanting to work with you, Again, nothing more to say that it's not good looks and you just can't make money and can't do good business with it. I think of things like folks that had notorious egos like uh, Hogan. Obviously, he was on top like in the 80s. It was like a four or five year run where he just he was the champion. And obviously, he had his stroke to we've heard backstage murmurings of him, you know, quote unquote, the uh, creative control card at various points in his career. But Long story short, he ended up, you know, working with working with some folks, you know, that ended up getting them money and he was sort of beloved by fans on the uh, behind the barrier but may not have been beloved wholeheartedly behind the curtain in a sense. So you have that dichotomy. We're seeing a little bit of of it here of being portrayed sort of one way in the ring and out to the audience and then having this sort of stigma behind the curtain and in the locker room. So it's just, again, one of those things that you can, I'm all for folks being full of themselves and wanting to be the best and things like that. But when you're potentially doing it to the detriment of others and especially your coworkers, Again, speaks more about your character and what people have to say about you is really what kind of it comes down to. And at the end of the day, if folks want nothing to do with you, then it's not good. You're not you're not winning. You're not winning folks over. Yeah. Being a cocky heel is great. Like that is that is fantastic because you're being a cocky heel and that's you're the bad guy and everything. And, you know, I loves me a cocky heel. They're, they're always fantastic. Because you can tell that this person is dialing their personality up to the obnoxious levels and they're being great. But if you're trying to uh, poke fun at other people um, who aren't related to the segment that you're currently in, a la his comments about uh, Hangman Adam Page whenever he came back after his injury that were weeks and months old, that everybody was like head scratching going, Sorry, Punk, we don't quite get what you're trying to. Oh, that's that's coward-ish. Like, okay, fair enough. Cool. Maybe you want to try and get back on track here, bud. Like, that stuff right there is character trait nausea. 
That is not something that people need whenever you're being a cocky heel. That was him being a D-bag. Honestly, that's it. You know, I could I could just call him worse, but you know, then PT would have to bleep me. And it's just one of those things that I don't want to give him more work to do. So it's, you know, whenever you see people like that, whenever you see people like that, it's just I know you're trying to rile stuff up, but you're airing grievances on TV. It's not a good look. You made the comparison to uh, to the Hogan, and like, yeah, hundred percent. Like, I completely agree with that. And we had this conversation yesterday. It was, uh, and I, I compared him to just the complete opposite of someone he loathed. Big match, John Cena. Like the fans loved to boo him because he was just rammed down our throat the entire time. And, you know, he was, by all accounts, hated by a lot of people. I know people who quit watch res- quit watching wrestling because of John Cena. And even I, at the time, was just like, he's always on. Like, I, I can't deal with him. But by all accounts, backstage, the man was loved. Like, that guy had so many people backstage who have told so many nice stories about, you know, one recently was Cyrus getting his WrestleMania moment, uh, dancing on stage for WrestleMania because John was like, that curtain call was like, I need to go to the bathroom, boys. Can you just hold on a wee minute? And just kind of sat on his phone in the, in the backstage for five, 10 minutes while Cyrus had his, his WrestleMania moment. Like, you know, those kinds of things are the fun things that you love to hear about people. You don't like to hear about this guy coming out onto the stage with an open mic, sitting cross-legged, going, hee, 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 time to drop another pipe bomb. Um, it, it's just not a, not a good look. Yeah, agreed as well. So we have sort of the last bit of information here that we've been hearing about AW trying to buy out Punk's contract. So we have here AEW and CM Punk are in talks to buy out the remaining years on his contract. According to Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Meltzer said neither Punk or AEW commented on or denied the story. Meltzer wrote that AEW and Punk were in talks about the future, but, quote, it looks doubtful he will be back. Those with close knowledge of the situation said that they were in talks with Punk about a buyout of the remaining years of his contract, which tells you that they are not looking to bring him back. The holdup right now is said to be the non-compete period. He wrote that the non-compete is obviously because of WWE, as they were the only other group that can pay Punk, and that what he would be asking for. Punk is currently injured from his all-out match with John Moxley, however, with no public timetable for when he could return. The length of the disputed non-compete was not included. So, again, we sort of have a winding down of the news coming out of it, but yeah, the nature that they are, or rumored to be in negotiations, of buying out the remaining years on Punk's contract, has you lead to believe that they're wanting to sort of cut ties and sever that agreement, and I mean, the writing's on the wall with that if they're looking to buy you out. Yeah, if you're not denying that, then 100%, that is kind of on the wall that the company wants you out. Um, Let's take a look at that, though, because you said, obviously, the only other game in time would be WWE. Uh, would be the ones we'd be able to afford him. 
And I think he was quoted as a while ago as saying it has to be like 25 million uh, that he would go back to WWE just before he joined AEW. Um, but let's say WWE are interested. Let's let's just say, hypothetically speaking, WWE are interested. Hunter's in charge. A guy Punk was notoriously at arms with. Now, we all know Paul Levesque, a good buddy of mine, will uh, will do business for business's sake. And, you know, he does what is best for business. It's, it's It was a line that we all cringed to hear whenever we heard what's best for business this and best for business that. But Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt are what's best for business. Do we honestly think that Punk could go back and not cause any trouble in a world where Roman Reigns is the big dog and Bray Wyatt is the big money mover and Cody Rhodes would be coming back? Seth Rollins is there? Sami Zayn? Like, there's so many big names. Do WWE need Punk, or does Punk now need WWE? It's an interesting conversation. Obviously, with him, the assuming nature of the AEW trying to buy out the remaining years of his contract. Yeah, we think about where can he go? What can he do next? Even if he gets a buyout the dude will be dude will be paid so he can kind of just do do what he wants you know he has oh yeah he had the writing gig for the thor comics with marvel he was doing commentary for oh yeah some like, promotion this, with this the mma for sure yeah just, so this whole thing is just assuming push all that to the side yeah this is him aew right and his intention is to continue in the wrestling sphere, yeah. right? Right. So push everything else aside because he's he's had his career. It's not like he's just been sat jobless for the last fourteen years outside of wrestling. You know, he's done like he did the wrestling. You know, the the he's done uh, everything under the sun that he has needed to do. But let's say he wants to stay in the wrestling sphere. Okay, gotcha. There is nowhere else for him to go that can afford him. So, yeah. do you honestly think in a world where Ray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, the Bloodline, you know, you've got uh, other big stars that are rumored to be coming back, like Sasha Banks and Naomi. You've got big time Becky Lynch or whatever she wants to be called these days. You've got Bianca Belair. Like, I'm not 100% sure that Punk even fits in WWE anymore because the only reason for me, Punk fit in AEW was to be a Chris Jericho and to be an old guy that can give the rub to a newcomer. And he didn't do that. He actually tried to take some shine away. Yeah, it's interesting. I see a couple hurdles for sure. The likewise, the high asking price. Again, WWE would probably be the only game in town. Not to discount the folks of like New Japan or things like that, but I think the price would be too high. Things like punk, just sort of his, for lack of a term, stubbornness. And again, you you alluded to the nature of his having him and Hunter, Triple H, mind you, sort of not getting 
on the best of terms and thing under the VKM piece. Now, Hunter's been known to try to do business, even with folks that he may not have had the greatest relationship with, but Punk has kind of shown that he's that sort of stubborn guy that if you just, if he doesn't like you or he, you didn't have that kind of great relationship, you're dead to him. And it's just, you've, that's it. There's no going back. So it'll take sort of a Herculean effort on potentially punk side if he wants to remain in the sphere and get paid on sort of that level to have to put a little bit of that aside from both punk and from sort of the WWE slash hunter slash his inner circle side to just come in kind of fresh slate it get paid just do the deal work with have that creative a little bit and just kind of kind of do that but yeah it's one of those where hunter's kind of going with the folks that he really likes and he sees potential in and and the young folks too we do have the likes of of the randy ortons again now being sort of transitioning to that sort of elder statesman role or he's helping along he's giving a little bit of that rub ski to matt riddle you see other folks just kind of changing up the way they're presented and things like that you know john cena just comes in for random appearances and super super part-time things of that nature they're get, they're featuring more creative more younger kind of different pieces and it's to say that would punk fit in to that puzzle and sort of be a compliment or a detriment i'm not sure but honestly i think it's more sort of in that negotiation part with the folks involved in power now which would be the huge stumbling block to even get to the consideration of like how would i fit in the picture of the punk in the 2022 triple h run wwe yeah i think after everything that's been said the only place the punk has to go and i'm sure you'll agree is back to writing thor back to being a producer and back to doing anything else other than watching or trying to participate in wrestling because the world just isn't for him anymore brother yeah as we transition into our last kind of piece about the the fans reaction and the fans perspective it was one of those things that looking upon back at it that punk's message and his vibe and his comments during the media scrum after all out reminded me very heavily of his thoughts when he was sharing it on the art of wrestling podcast after he left the wwe he was saying sort of the same things he's old and he's tired and he's hurt and he just doesn't want to be here anymore type of things and he's not liking who he's working with and maybe not the same exact verbiage but it just it sounded like almost the same message like it just he was not digging it. He wasn't having fun, whatever the case may be type of thing. But I was getting similar vibes. That was just sort of my opinion and my sort of impression. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. But yeah, our sort of last topic, talking piece, excuse me, would be the fans. The fans kind of reaction and the fans piece. Again, there are folks, and I'm still seeing it on the social media platforms, that there are messaging from punk, from fans of punk saying, you know what? If uh, we're hearing that they're trying to buy out his contract and, and sort of all these different pieces or 
basically I'm seeing messaging of, you know, it seems a little rough or I hate to see it, but I'm still backing punk and, and things like Chris's Chris Jericho's message is wrong and, and punk CM punk did nothing wrong. And he was just being honest and stuff like that. So we have, we still have folks that are living and breathing and dying by the messaging of punk and it, you know, I'm, I'm not against folks just being super behind the people that they really enjoy and in kind of defending him. But, you know, Joker has mentioned he's not the hugest fan of punk. I, I myself am neither a fan nor a detractor. I think it, I was just, I enjoyed his work and stuff. Like I wasn't super huge into him and I wasn't against him, but I think now leaning to some of the, you know, the comments he made, and it's more about his character per se, just kind of more recently for me, it sort of made me lean a little bit toward away from him. But we have, we have the perception or the, of things of like some folks are still backing him on behind the barrier. And we're just getting the notion that folks are not a fan of him behind the curtain. So it's tough. Yeah. I mean, Look, at the end of the day, I've made no bones about it. I've said that I don't like like CM Punk as a wrestler. I don't know him as a person. Like, I don't... Everything I have said is from the point of view of me watching him as an entertainer, as a wrestler, as an entity on my TV screen. I have no idea about the actual person behind Charles Montgomery Punk, as PT likes to call him. So it's like... You know, if you like CM Punk, you can go on ahead and like CM Punk. The things that he has done for the, you know, because he has been a character in stories that you have loved throughout your time watching wrestling. That is perfectly fine. Those stories never resonated with me and I didn't like him. And it's not, you know, that I'm ever going to take away from from what he's done. He has done plenty of good things for wrestling. And, you know, he has done an awful lot of things in his own personal sphere that he has been very successful. I'm just a bald-headed, bearded guy on your YouTube or your podcast. So, you know, you don't have to hate me for not wanting to be more like punk or for not caring about punk. It's just, if you like him, by all means, love him. I'm not going to do it because he just, he's not for me. And in agreeance, and I'll reiterate the point and, and back up Joker. You're more than welcome to like who you like and, and defend and stuff. It's just, it's now it's a tough part of you have what sort of fans want to see and what can kind of feasibly be presented in a wrestling show uh, segment or things of that nature. So it's, it's tough. The two seem to be a little bit far apart at the moment, but it's an interesting situation nonetheless that we were able to discuss and type of thing it's not fully resolved but we have a little bit more information than we did two months ago so we see the things winding down we have sort of hope for the future about how things will play out and we will indeed in the coming weeks and months see the sort of resolution of the fallout of the brawl out at all out so those were our thoughts on it on this topic. Go ahead. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. Punk is probably going to be sitting here, you know, thinking of the old adage, hindsight is 2020. He had plenty of opportunity to talk about this. And now he is out the door yet again. It's just a shame. Yeah. 
there was so many things that we wanted to see from him and work with other folks, but it's just doesn't kind of, at least for the near future, seem to be happening. So those were our thoughts on this whole entire situation of the fallout from the brawlout at All Out. Let us know what you thought down in the comment section below on YouTube or on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you thought. Did you agree or disagree, or did you have other things that we didn't talk about? Let us know. All right, coming up to Quick Hits here. So for some of the newer listeners and watchers, Quick Hits are little segments that happened throughout this past week in the world of professional wrestling that we really enjoyed, and we wanted to highlight here sort of our Pop the Boy segment that we wanted to share with you folks. I have a couple quick ones here that I'll just kind of run through. The first one here comes from AEW Dynamite. And this is the ending sequence of a tag team match that pitted Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta versus Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia. We see the finishing sequence here. We had a combination airplane spin and giant swing to Chris Jericho and Garcia. Again, the scary power of Claudio Castagnoli. We then see a, a Claudio giving a big boot to Jake Hager, and then subsequently followed up with a cannonball senton to Hager on the outside. Immediately followed by a clothesline to Daddy Magic, a stomp to Garcia, and then a uppercut to Cool Hand Ange all on the outside in quick succession, out of control. And then we see the... Finale here, the top rope uppercut to Jericho into a neutralizer for the win for the Blackpool Combat Club. I said it before, Claudio's just going full beast mode in the segment, and I was all for it. Everything after the airplane spin and the giant swing was extra. Like, my guy, what? Please, just, what? Claudio, calm down. I know he's an avid fan of coffee. So he must have had a few coffees before this. He had loads of energy. Dude it was crazy. Again, to to do a giant swing, again, just it's a collaborative thing, but to have the strength to kind of get that person up and then maintain it. Then also have roughly a 200-pound guy on your shoulders as well. Dude's crazy strong. Yeah. And then that little sequence on the outside, the cannonball, the up the clothesline stomp, and the uppercut literally all happened within maybe eight to ten seconds in succession. It's crazy. So yeah, whenever I get up out of bed too quickly, I get lightheaded. So I have no idea how he managed to stay stable on his feet after this. He is obviously built different. A hundred percent. And then the other quick hit that I had also comes from AEW Dynamite. And this piece was a little section of the MJF promo that he had with Renee Paquette. We have the piece of MJF insulting John Moxley with an impression, including the shoulder shrug and that sort of Moxley power walk, which was actually really spot on. It was good. And then we had MJF proceeds to call Moxley mid. We have Renee, who's interviewing MJF, say, you can't say with all due respect and then say something insulting. And then MJF is... Quick as a whippet full of dynamite, MJF just says, Renee, with all due respect, shut your mouth. Real just biting comment. 
And MJF just sits there with the biggest S-eating grin on his face, lets the, the crowd reaction just go and lets it breathe and takes that moment in. Man. When MJF is on, MJF is on, brother. And he just was firing on all cylinders on this thing and that quick little banter with Renee knowing that she is the wife of John Moxley probably sung a little extra but man he was just going in for blood in that segment he was so good he he was venomous on the microphone oh he was so good I like the little piece of him doing the the Mox impression again the shoulder yeah. shrug and then that little sort of power walk with the sort of starched back I was like Oh man, yeah, he kind of does do that. <laughs> it's like he nailed that impression of him. Like he legitimately nailed the entire impression. And the fact that he just went, Renee, with all due respect, shut the hell up. It's like, I was surprised he went that way. And he goes, Well, I said with all due respect, and he's due no respect. So, you know, it's all due respect, Renee. Keep up. And it. it <sighs> I can't say enough good things about MJF. He's just so quick on the mic. He's really good about being a jerk. And it's oh, tough because yeah. you got to have the sort of quick timing. You have to be very reactive, kind of quick with a with a response type of thing. And he does a really good job with that. Oh, 100%. Completely agree. And just a tiny quick aside, too, with, with Renee. I think this is her second show. She's kind of early on in her AEW career. She's done a couple of interviews. She adds a lot with her little reactions and her faces and kind of mannerisms reacting yeah. to little comments and things like that. So it's a very small thing to not try to overshadow the person you're interviewing, but I feel like those little pieces add to her interviews. Oh, 100%. She's definitely added a lot to uh, the interviews that she's done so far, like with taking sides with being interrupted by uh, Brit whenever she's talking to Paige as well, for example. Like the little... But the little bits of body language, the old, you know, uh, screwing the face up a little bit, you know, she's she's fantastic, and I love seeing her back on the screen. Yeah, so really just fun segments. I wanted to, I really enjoyed, and just wanted to share with you folks. Joker, I hear a murmuring that you have a quick hit. What do you got, brother? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, strap yourselves in for we have another exciting excerpt from the story of the bloodline this this is going to be this is going to be something that you know obviously everybody has watched because if you haven't watched it by now what have you been doing with your life in wrestling this week so here we go Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa had their uh, had a tag team match this week against the Brawling Brutes and to cut out what was a pretty decent match after Sami and Solo lost their match we saw the bloodline having some heated words due to the miscommunication that was Jay saving Sammy. So obviously the, the, the fight continued in the ring. And uh, as everybody was stood in the ring, kind of blaming everybody, the tribal chief's music hit. And everybody in that moment of, oh no, daddy's home kind of all looked at the front door and went, where can we hide? So they legitimately all looked, and there was Roman with the wise man. So 
he took his time getting to the ring because he is he is who he is. You know what I mean? It is just a case of he was getting there on his own time, waiting for the badly behaved children in the ring to uh, to just simmer down. So after we wait for St. Louis to acknowledge him, our tribal chief, the needle mover, the big dog, the usiest of usos, without saying any names, he says, you two want to act like kids, then we're going to treat you like kids, referring obviously to Sammy and Jay, and says that he wants this problem fixed right now. Looking so intimidating, I loved it. So Sammy, being the honorary use, gets a uh, chorus of chants, and however he starts to go, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to start things off is the first to offer an olive branch, saying that he likes Jay and doesn't understand what the problem is. It all seems to stem from whenever he started to hang out with the bloodline, and he apologizes, saying, I'm sorry. Even Paul Heyman here gives him a little pat on the back and acknowledgement, and you know, Sammy's appreciative, and he offers a hand to shake. The crowd is going a bit wild here, you know. They love Sammy. But after a few seconds of stony face silence from Jay, he pulls out his mic and says to Sammy, you got about two seconds to get that out my face. Oh, buddy. Okay, Mr. Hothead. He goes on to say, I don't like you. I don't like your hair. I don't like your face. I don't like that shirt you're wearing. I don't like him being around my family every single week. My dog this, my dog that. And it's just so good. Jay is firing on all cylinders. And it's just so vitriol, so much vitriol from Jay. It's great. And he starts shouting at him, saying that he's he's the only one that's real in how he's telling Sammy. And he just shouts at him and says that uh, he, he says that Sammy is not he does not belong and the camera pans at Sammy and you see the puppy dog eyes and the crowd is just chanting and chanting for Sammy they're so sympathetic towards his honorary ears but after taking all this on the chin Sammy has it no more and asks why he's shouting why he's shouting at him why is he being shouted at the tribal chief says he wants peace to which Jay responds with, man, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief said. Mic drop, boom. I ran out of the room. I, I had to pause it here because I legitimately was like, what? What are you? Jay, no. Roman, quick as a whip, head turns up and directly looking at the hard count. And it zooms in on his face. Solo and Jimmy, it just, I don't know, they, they, they look, they look at Jay and just, did you mean to say that? What the heck is up with that, bruh? What are you doing? Jay throws his mic away after he said it, nothing more to say, puts his belts down, he faces the tribal chief as he turns around and he's getting a bit in his face and the crowd's and you effed up. You effed up as it finally dawns on Jay. He has, he has done. Effed up. Sammy, for all that Sammy does, steps in. 
to defend JSN. It was super messed up. He's going through a hard time lately. Didn't mean to say that. I didn't you didn't mean to say that, right? And it, you know, Jay is like, nope, didn't mean to say that. It was me. I didn't do it. Anybody, anybody else, it wasn't me. But lately he hasn't been himself. He hasn't been very oozy. Sammy just does it again. Both Roman and Jay are visibly like, what the hell did this ooze say? Like just both do a double take at Sammy going, Usi, really? They're broken for the rest of the segment, by the way. Everybody just, you need to go and look how hard they try to keep keep it together here. Um, as chance of Usi, Usi, can ring out. Uh, you think that it's going to derail the entire segment, but Roman leans into it. And he goes, is that what's going on? Acting all surprised. Because you're not feeling... And he lets it hang, and the crowd start chanting, Oosie, Oosie. And he goes, Oosie? It's like Jay tries, Jay tries to turn away as Roman kind of gives him a, you know, puts, puts an arm around him and goes, No, 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 no. You stay right here. As you can tell, they're both trying so hard not to port right now. As you can see, Sammy's eyes light up in the background, which got me. Like, I was looking at Sammy this entire time, and his eyes just going, he was so good because uh, he, he's so happy with having broken these two super serious superstars. And he says, Roman says to Jay, if you can't find your inner Usi again, I'm going to do something you're not going to like. I'm going to take the honorary away and I'm going to make him a full-blown Us in reference to Sammy. And everybody went nuts. And Sammy's face was just lit up like a Christmas tree. It's not, it's not Christmas, Sammy. It's Halloween, bro. Roman, Roman corrects himself and has a better idea, saying that we're going to change his name. Yes, we're going to change it to y'all. Sammy Uso, which just everyone in the crowd loses their ish and starts chanting Sammy Uso, Sammy Uso. And at the end of this, Roman just hands the mic off to the wise man. Done with the segment. That's it. I loved it. For those of you on the video portion, were able to watch me smile and react. And I didn't want to interrupt Joker because I enjoyed this segment to no end. And I wanted to let and give him the platform to narrate and, and remind me of this. This was so good. There were these, we talked about it again. These guys are firing on all cylinders and working so well together and playing off one another. We had the, the little piece of when Jay just says, I don't care what they, you know, what the tribal chief says. The the Roman look up and pan and zoom into him was was spot on. Right after we had Paul just kind of like looking super nervous, Sammy shocked, Jimmy just you see him at the back of the thing away from hard cam, just leans, puts his head down on the rope. Like again, these guys just the little reactions are so good. It was just amazing. Like 
I, I, I don't I can't honestly say too many good things about this because it was just all great. Like you said the small reactions. Jimmy had his hand over his mouth the entire time. You know, he was like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm supposed to be serious now, but I know Sammy's about to say something. And I'm like, you could tell that they were talking in the ring amongst each other without the mics on. So you're, and I'm pretty sure at some point, like, this is all unconfirmed, but I'm pretty sure at some point, Sammy probably said to everybody, I'm going to make you all burst out laughing, watch this space. And Jay was probably like, don't do it, bro, because I'm going to just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to lose it. <laughs> and whenever he said he hasn't been feeling himself, he hasn't been very oozy lately, and Roman's and Jay's reaction, quick as a whip, just both turned to him and just went, what? I loved that. Me? I loved that little reaction because he's, you know, feeling very oozy. And they both literally, you know, cock heads towards Sammy, both like, did you just say that type of thing? That killed me. That was the part I was like, <laughs> oh man, these guys. Because almost unprompted, they were both like, they had the same idea. Like, what did he exact just say? Exact same reaction. <laughs> and it was, I love the fact that Roman leaned into it though. Yeah, yeah. Roman yeah. leaning into it is the best thing ever. It's like, I, and he goes, I'm going to get rid of the honorary. And he's like, I have a better idea. In fact, I'm going to change his name to Sammy Uso. And for those of you who love the internet, people have already changed his name on Wikipedia to Sammy Uso, including Anoa'i at the end of his name. Oh my god. It's so funny. I, I love the bloodline. Some of the segments have been weak for me recently, but this, uh, this was a, a return to home run status. I did like the fact that, again, everybody was taken aback and they found it funny and stuff and again they were trying various things to not be shown corpsing on camera oh by the way macho man's coming in send for the man because you're laughing at camera and you're corpsing but when that little part to roman just to flow with it where jay turns away from the camera and he's you know obviously trying to hide the laugh and Roman puts his arm right around him and like, no, 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 no. He, he leans into stay it. He's like, right no, no, here. stay right here, you know, type of thing. Trying to get, again, bring it back home and be serious. Again, just to flow with it. That's not, you know, uh, some people are, can sort of get super derailed when they kind of get off script and they're trying to sort of improvise or kind of land that land the plane back onto the, the specific verbiage or whatever. But he did a really good job of getting it back and kind of homing in and yeah just i was enamored with this entire segment yeah 100 percent. it was definitely uh reruns of the first half hour of smackdown last night just uh loved every minute of it all right well thank you for sharing that i i i needed that in my life so thank you so much for regaling <laughs> us with that i was very excited so no problem so those were our quick hits from this week. If you also have some quick hits from this week in professional wrestling, let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube and or on Twitter and Instagram to let us know what you enjoyed this past week in wrestling. All right, so that about wraps it up for us, Joker. How was that for you, brother? It was another good show. Another good show, in my opinion as well. Yeah, I, I love the... I love the fact that we can go from one serious topic and then our quick hits make us completely belligerent and uh, corpse at the end of a 
well, I mean, it's it's good because you know we have like a pretty serious topic, and then we end with a little bit of lighthearted nonsense. So I like it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's one of those we've we've tried to tackle a little bit, couple more serious topics recently in the past couple episodes with a little bit of poise and sort of integrity in a sense and not try to go sort of off the rails and sometimes try to talk about either semi-serious things or with a little bit more of a decorum but yeah i feel like we do a good job of just trying to be sort of neutral and share some points from both sides of of the table and type Mm -hmm. of thing but we also again this is a show this is meant to be sort of entertaining and try to be sort of lighthearted and things like that so i feel like the quick hit segments also have a an air of kind of clearing the air and kind of just do that little palate cleansing and just sort of try to end on a, a little bit of a lighthearted note so yeah yeah so appreciate everybody coming along on this ride with us with the whole things that are involving and evolving in the world of AEW and the fun stuff we had from WWE again pay-per-views coming up for both companies very short order so hopefully we get some more engaging television that we can discuss here and you folks can share with us so all right so for tf joker remember to remain oozy folks and for me a pretty tony we thank you for your time and letting us be a part of your day and remember be good to yourself be good to each other and we will catch you next time peace